Hello, and welcome back to HR Stew. My name is Regina Dyerly. And I'm Holly Nels. And And this this is HR Stew. Today's topic, the unspoken rules of the workplace and what happens when you break them. Our workplaces are vibrant ecosystems where diverse personalities, backgrounds, and expectations converge. Navigating this intricate web of interactions can sometimes lead to these unexpected blunders that range from cringeworthy to downright hilarious. That's why in this episode, we are putting on our HR hats and delving deep into the realm of workplace etiquette faux pas. From sending that unintentionally embarrassing reply all email to burning popcorn in the community microwave, we've all been there facing the aftermath of an etiquette slip-up. Fear not, because throughout this episode, we are not only going to share these relatable tales of missteps, but we will also provide valuable insights on how to gracefully recover and avoid similar situations in the future. To open up the episode, I want to ask you guys, do you have an embarrassing story of a time you broke a workplace etiquette rule? Well, you know, I feel like I've gotten better as the years (laughs) have gone on, but I did have one that I, I don't know why, but I still think about it. Um, and this is a silly thing, but it's, you know, it was back in the late nineties. I was working for that.com. Things were very stressful and they just changed my manager. I was, I went from reporting to the CEO and president to the COO. Um, and I had a lot of respect for him, but he was a different personality type than me. And he had sent me like a very detailed email and I meant to forward it to my friend. And I said, put me out of my misery, but I sent it right back to him. <laughs> oh no. And, he came, and we were in a, you know, an open office space. So we're all, everybody was in cubicles, no offices, period. And he came over and he's like, could you explain what that meant? And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. I just didn't know. I was just joking because, you know, there's just so much work. I, I didn't even, it wasn't good because he didn't, he didn't actually stop. He's like, but I really just still don't understand what you meant by that. I was like, Okay. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got me. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, he was he wasn't funny. Oh no. He was talented and and smart and uh, motivated, but he was not funny. <laughs> so I had an email from um somebody asking about billing and this normally not my realm. And I respond back to this particular person and I said, here's the email address of the person you want to, you know, reach out to. They're amazing and great person. You shouldn't have any issues. Well, to get the email address, I typed it in the CC so I could copy and paste and make sure everything was spelled wrong and forgot to delete them out of the CC. Luckily, I said all wonderful, nice things <laughs> about this person, and that'll be really easy to, you know, to get the bill and whatever you need to be paid. But I was just so embarrassed that I didn't mm. take the extra two seconds to take them out of the CC. Distracted. That's yeah. what happens. I have a one not related to me, another email one. I was working at this um, B2B marketing company. Worked there for a long time. And the uh, site director, that wasn't her title, but that's what her she essentially was. She had sent an email to a client with a bunch of internal people copied. And she, in the subject line, the word count was supposed to be in there, but she forgot the O. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, and she, and people just kept on replying to it. And finally, she, this is when everybody was in the office. She walked up and goes, please stop replying to that email. Let's start a new one. <laughs> or at least change and, it when you And replied. like a month later, somebody actually replied to it again on the client side. And then it resurfaced again. <laughs> 
it was oh. like the email that just kept on giving for her. I have a good phone one. I was working in a call center at one point, like right out of college. And I had a customer who was in collections. I guess I should point that out. That every time I'd have this phone call with this gentleman, it never ended very well. Always had to be escalated to my manager. And I did the classic one day, let me put you on hold, sir. Called my manager. Did not call my manager. I just put him back on the line and I said, your favorite person is back <laughs> online too to talk. And, and I said a bad word about his account. And he was like, it's me. And I... <laughs> I straight up was so scared at 21, I hung up. I was like, no. Nope. I was like, oh boy. I was like, I'm just going to deal with that one tomorrow. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I never made that mistake again. So, you know I learned, what? I learned my lesson. <laughs> because of some of my very early um, email mistakes, I'm pretty solid. Triple checking. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nothing casual is sent on email. I no jokes. I'm not forwarding anything to anybody. Like I don't do any of that stuff. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about, um, that employers can read your, your chats if it's a work related chat. And mm -hmm. yep. I was talking to her about it and she gets this deer in the headlight look, headlights look. And she's like, they can read your chats. And I said, yes. It's you, company property. It's company. Yes. Well, they company. can log in and read your chats if they want to. I'm sure there's something in your handbook. And she's like, still, deer in headlights look. And I, I told her, I said, listen, if you want to say anything bad, say it verbally. Don't put it in writing or say it in a text. Do not put it in a company chat. And then I told her to go delete her chat. <laughs> they could still recover it, though, most likely. But, you know, Probably. even further than that, like if you're talking in a, in a previous one, I think we talked about how we had these people going back and forth with Facebook and it was really, oh, mm -hmm. I said I want to scrub my brain. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got the whole, I mean, if you're sending that to somebody else at work, they supplied the entire chat to HR. So, you know, right. even more than that, that was personal. There was their personal accounts, but it still was supplied to work. So you got to be careful what you put in writing. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I think we say that almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's play a game called Simple Mistake or Unforgivable. As you can assume from the name of the game, I'm going to read off some office etiquette blunders and you are going to discuss whether you think they are simple mistakes that are passable or they are unforgivable. Additionally, provide ways maybe that you may handle this if it were a complaint to HR if this were happening. So we're going to start with a classic one, wearing or spraying highly fragrant cologne or perfume. We're talking like 10 to 15 sprays. Anything more than two sprays is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, that's a that's a serious thing, especially in an environment where everybody is in office. Some people have severe allergies. We have a client who, or anybody, even if you're visiting, has a no perfume, no fragrance zone, right? So we actually have policies um, to address that. Yeah, I mean, that could be a, a deal breaker for some people. It also could be triggering for people with migraines, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then that yeah. causes a whole other issue. My daughter is... 11 and newly discovered perfumes and stuff. And this is all she asks for. So she gets in the car in the morning, the other, this morning, as a matter of fact, first day of school. And I'm like, Oh gosh, kid, like it was a little much. It's, it's a give and take. Cause I definitely feel like scents can be so like sensitive to other people, especially, but then you get those people that they do spray themselves from head to toe and they think they smell amazing and they love it and it makes them happy. But yeah, it just gets tough, especially if you're in like confined places or if you're in cubicles and you're all mm -hmm. sharing that, just everyone smelling one scent coming from one area can just get a little much after a couple hours into the day. Simple mistake or unforgivable? I think that's a simple mistake. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm, that's passable. 
If that were a complaint to HR, how would you handle that? Well, if someone had complained about a specific person and their overdose of perfume or cologne or body spray or lotion, whatever it is, we'd have to go to the person and, and talk to them and ask mm-hmm. them if they would you know, tone it down. I mean, the environment has to be safe for everybody. I would agree. I feel like also, too, I mean, if you break it down to the handbook, a lot of employers have like a hygiene policy within their handbook, and they do point out scents and not being overly scented for sensitive people and keeping that in mind. So I think it definitely would have to be a conversation to revisit that if it's in your handbook. It's a better conversation than the opposite, which is the mm-hmm. body odor conversation, right? But it's the same vein, but much more positive. Yes. You, se- you smell great, but we have people with sensitivities, so... Just smell too good. I mean, I think it is probably a good idea for most, especially uh, environments where people are sitting next to each other in close proximity to have a no fragrance zone or fragrance free zone. I couldn't think of that before. And I know some people bring those oil diffusers. Yeah, no, you can't do that in the office. You can't do that in a cubicle environment. Mm -mm. Even in an office environment where you have your own office, I'm just, and somebody walks in there and what if they're sensitive or allergic to whatever the smell is? And I'm like... Why is that allowable? Especially because essential oils, like a couple drops can go such a long way. And I feel like people are like the 10 to 15 drops in their dropper. And you're like, wow, I can smell this outside. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. So number two, expressing political views loudly in a workspace. So this is like a shared workspace, cubicles, maybe. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, these are pretty divisive times right now. I think in a lot of handbooks, actually, it does touch on that now. Everybody's entitled to their opinions, but they should be kept to themselves. I think in the workspace, politics and religion, unless you're working for Mm -hmm. a religious or political organization. And sports teams sometimes. (laughs) Yes. They should not be talked about. Talk about the weather and, you know, that's Basic conversations. Basic conversations. You could talk about your life. You could talk. I mean, like people share things with people at at work. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, you know, polarizing topics need to be. Kept to a minimum. Yes. Or at all. Finishing my sentence. (laughs) Simple mistake or unforgivable? Unforgivable. Yeah. I think it can be a simple mistake. Unforgivable, Holly. (laughs) (laughs) I tell. Like, if you just said, hey, let's not discuss that at work, and if they drop it, then it can be fine. Fine. But if they continue down their path, unforgivable. Okay. That's fair. That's reasonable, Holly. (laughs) So, number three is going to be reply all. And I don't think I'm going to have to say much more than that. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Be careful. It happens at work. It actually happens. I'm still, I'm in hopefully my final year as a Girl Scout leader. My daughter is probably (laughs) in her last year. It happens even in in those emails. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people reply to all and ask questions that, first of all, in the email. But yeah, it's it's annoying because everybody gets so many emails. It's like just getting more because people aren't following just basic, you know, instructions is even more annoying. Well, and then... If the emails, my favorite is the ones you get an email from a client or kid's school or whatever. And it says, do not reply all to this email. If you have a question about it, send it directly to me. And people will still reply all. So you get to read Susie Q had trouble yesterday while leaving the school grounds. And she wants to know what the teacher is going to do oh, about Susie it. Q. <laughs> you know, that's why most of my emails that I'm sending to groups like that, I, I will BCC everybody. So that's not even an option. Right. Simple mistake or unforgivable? Well, sometimes it is a mistake, mm-hmm. so I, I could say it's a simple mistake. But if it's a if they're a frequent offender, then unforgivable. unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> Number four: using shared space to eat or microwave smelly foods. 
I'm definitely a culprit of this one. Sorry, everyone, for warming up my broccoli and Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like them, and I never remember to think about it, but at least I haven't ever, like, warmed up anything gross, like fish. Yeah, I was working in this old warehouse-style office, so it was all open. No, there wasn't even a conference room. The only room with a door was the bathroom. (laughs) And um, we were letting this woman who just started her own business, like, use space. She wasn't even paying for it. And she comes in and every single day, she might, every day, she microwaved raw fish. It was like a white fish or something. It, it would make the whole entire office smell that oh. I was, I was like getting angry. Like it was making me angry. Like I was having like an emotional response to it. I just thought the nerve and they did not want to speak to her for some reason. You know, the owners didn't want to say anything to her. And, and then finally I did. What did you uh, say? Okay, this is like 20 years ago, but okay. <laughs> um, I just remember saying, you can't, you can't cook that in here anymore. Like, it's upsetting people. It's making people nauseous. It's making people not want to be in the office. The smell lingers for hours. I mean, hours. Yes, right. The, you couldn't use the microwave after because your food would smell like mm-hmm. the fish. Um, just, it was one of the rudest things I'd ever encountered, and she was completely oblivious. It's like, work from home. Like, if you need to cook fish in the microwave, not even reheat. It was raw fish she was putting in the microwave. Like, first of all, that couldn't have been good. No. Did you work from home back then? This is a back-in-the-day story. Yeah. I guess so. I don't, she owned her own business. How could she not? She owned her own business. I, oh. she didn't, I mean, I don't know what her living situation was. and I, I barely... All I remember is that she had red hair. Like, auburn hair. <laughs> but I don't remember really much else at this point. But, yeah, maybe she couldn't work from home. But, I mean... Why cook raw fish? I would feel the exact same way. I fixed it mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. But it went on for it went on for longer than it should have before I finally just broke down and said something. She didn't want to microwave it at home because she wanted her house to smell like fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. Simple mistake or unforgivable? Unforgivable. It's unforgivable. unforgivable. Everybody knows at this point. Shelby, take your broccoli and your yeah, Brussels sprouts. Eat it cold. Come on, <laughs> guys. Fine. (laughs) All right. Number five. And I included this one on purpose because this is my pet peeve. Watching loud videos or listening to music out loud in a shared working space. Yeah, that's what headphones are for. Mm -hmm. Right. So why would you even do that? Why why do you even want anybody to hear what you're listening to? Um, Mm -hmm. I guess music is one thing, but there's so many different preferences with music in a shared space. That's tough. I would agree. I have a bad habit of talking on speakerphone. All the time, but I don't do it like through the walking through the grocery store or anything like that. But I do have a really bad habit. I hardly ever have my phone up to my ear. It's always on speakerphone. See, that actually also makes me angry at work. Mm-hmm. So when you're working in the office space, not really on your cell phone or anything like that. Um, at my last company, everybody picked up their phone on speakerphone and I'm an HR. I don't want everybody to hear what I'm saying. So the first thing I would say is, am I on speakerphone? Cause if I am, take me off. Right. And I was always on speakerphone. I knew I was on speakerphone and be like, okay, hold on. Like, yeah. Why would you, you want see my name that I'm calling? Pick up the phone. Right. I don't understand. I'm always on. It's a bad habit. My daughter never. My daughter's the same way. She's always on speakerphone. I, I, I literally don't know if she knows how to answer the phone any other way. I am at my house, but not at the office. No, Does, even here. I'm on speaker. No, I took a call a minute ago and I put it up to my ear. I wear headphones. I mean, mainly so that I don't have to hold. I mean, I, sometimes I'm on speakerphone, but yeah. 
I see not it, often. I think it also comes down to, especially with the listening to loud music or videos, like on your computer, on your phone, comes down to a respect issue. Like what if people are in a meeting or they are on an important phone call or you're distracting them from their work on like a daily basis because you're blaring your music or just, you know, watching a fun video with other people, which I guess is fine every once in a while, but like, it's like, come on, you know, be a little respectful of other people's spaces when they're sharing them with you in a yeah. way. Cause that just, that can be really distracting. And the walls are thin. Yes, the they walls are. are thin. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's for sure. Simple mistake or unforgivable. It's unnecessary. So unforgivable. unforgivable. I agree. Have common courtesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number six was actually going to be taking speakerphone calls. In the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I guess another question I can ask related to speakerphone calls would be taking teams calls out loud in a shared space. That stuff, if you're in a cubicle environment, uh, you definitely need to have headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's just common courtesy. And I think most of the people that I've had teams calls with internally and externally, if they're in a shared space, they always have on headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And if it's going to be a conversation where you don't want to do it in the office where everybody can hear, have on headphones or take the meeting from home. So taking speakerphone calls in the office, a simple mistake or unforgivable. I feel like that's okay. (laughs) I got opinions. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's, you could talk to somebody and say, Hey, that's, you know, bothering us. I guess, I guess any of these, you could do this with if you, if we want to be like super reasonable, (laughs) Yeah, but I, yeah, I think if you're in an office and it's loud, then it's the same. It's in the same vein as the other one that we said was unforgivable. Number seven is coming into work sick. That's a big one. I think it's gotten better since the pandemic or COVID had started. Mm -hmm. But I do remember this happened here, actually, that one of our actually she's no longer here, but she's still a friend of ours. Um, She had come in. And um, we were all in the conference room. She came upstairs to talk to us and she was literally shaking out of her skin. And I was like, what's happening right now? Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, I don't feel well. I'm like, you need to leave. Like, and it turned out she had pneumonia. Oh, no. She had flu. No, she had flu B or whatever. Uh, Her whole family had it. So she came into the office with the flu that turned into pneumonia and she's in here working like you're doing us a favor working. And no disrespect mm-hmm. if you listen to this. I just was like, dang, I could bring this home to my whole family. And we have the capability even then to work from home. So why are you even in the office? I think it's something that actually does really upset people because no one really wants to bring home illness, sickness mm-hmm. to their family, doesn't want to get sick themselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have no options and you hope that if you go in, you'll get sent home for being sick. Right. So it doesn't count against you. So in those circumstances, sometimes it's unavoidable. The own policy um, kind of creates that environment. Uh, but in an office environment where things are hybrid or you even have the option to be hybrid, you should never come into the office sick. Mm-mm. Right. I think with some of the states implementing the sick policies like Colorado's Healthy Families and Workplace Act, it's helping those employees um, stay home. Like, I have sick time to use. I am going to stay home. 
I am a big proponent. I will power through and work. Now I have the ability to work from home, but in my younger years, I would power through and work because Mm -hmm. you don't call in sick. You just go to work and you do your job. It was like a badge of honor to come in sick. Yeah. Right? Those days are over. And you used your PTO for fun. I don't want to use my PTO for being sick. I would rather go to work and being sick and then take my PTO for vacation. I'm a hoarder And then get everybody else sick. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it was, I was horrible at it. Now, luckily you guys don't have to deal with me. I can work from home. <laughs> but I also on the flip side, I have a friend who I'm like, how do you call in sick so much and still have a job? If you're listening to this, I'm apologizing. She has horrible <laughs> asthma and she'll get the runny nose and it will come with congestion and everything. And she'll call in sick. And me being who I am, I'm if it's asthma and it's just allergies, I'm going to work. If I know I'm not contagious, that's that's yeah, yeah. a totally separate thing. Not her. She's calling in sick. I guarantee you she calls in sick at least once or twice a month. I feel like that's like the two sides of the extreme when it comes to being sick and at work. You either have the people that call off so much you don't even understand why they're sick all the time and you're like, are you okay? Or you have the people that are like, I will walk through the flipping white snow no matter how sick I am to get to work because I'm not going to use my PTO and I'm not going to get in trouble and I'm going to get my work done. It's like one extreme or the other. Simple mistake or unforgivable? Unforgivable. Don't do it. I don't do it anymore. All right. Number eight, eating other people's food from shared refrigerators. (laughs) This is so fun. This is such, this was such a problem at my last employer, which was a call center. We had to put video cameras in the kitchen. No. I, it, wow. it's crazy. Um, it, it's crazy. People put their names on things. I would never, I don't know where any, look, I don't even have potlucks. I, know like, I don't say. know what your kitchen looks like. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like I'm not eating anybody's food. So you think, okay, so people hungry, they're desperate, you know, like they're doing this because they have no other option, right? That is not the case. It's like some kind of weird thing that people have because at another company, it wasn't in my office, but he was, this gentleman was complaining to me that this other coworker of his, he knew it was a small office. It was like six people and he knew it was her that was eating his lunches and she just did it. She didn't need to. She was not, it was, she made plenty of money. It was just, I don't know if it was a power thing. I don't I do not know what it was. He was like so upset about it. I would be too. Yeah, like he's like he would like make his own nice lunches in the morning, and put them in the refrigerator. And uh, so then he just started bringing in his own lunchbox, like cooler lunchbox. <laughs> Even in our home, you don't eat anybody else's leftovers. No. Like if I brought leftovers home the night before from a restaurant, and I plan on eating them for lunch, the children and my husband better not touch them. Whenever I think of this, though, I always think of, I don't know if you've watched Friends, but there's that one scene where Ross flips out on his coworker for eating his Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. Oh, and I yes. always think of this <laughs> because he gets, he got fired for it because he made such a big deal and like scared his coworker. And I'm like, honestly, I feel like if someone did eat my whole lunch, I think I would get pretty upset too. It is stealing. It is. I mean, it, it is. Well, and so. something as... It, a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. You've gone to work at 6 a.m. and you are just thinking about that sandwich. It's the last one. And you get that meal once a year. I understand Ross mm-hmm. and his being angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I do want to know on this. How would you handle this as a complaint to HR? If you could prove it, because sometimes it is really difficult to prove who it is. It's certainly mm-hmm. right up. And then if it keeps on happening, it is, it is theft. Mm-hmm. So you fire people for theft. So 
it's definitely a write-up. It's mm-hmm. an uncomfortable write-up at first, and then it's a termination if they if it happens again. Did you ever have to terminate after they put the cameras up? No. It was a deterrent, I will say that. Yeah. We actually had, separately, we had a huge um, store. It was outsourced to another company, and so it had all drinks and snacks and lunches. It had, like, big refrigerator, and we had a lot of theft there. Oh, wow. And we did mm-hmm. have to terminate people from there, because they would send us the recording of people stealing and showing that they didn't pay. And so we, we did have to turn people for that. And it, it, was, it was several people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Simple mistake or unforgivable? Unforgivable. 100% no. unforgivable. All right, number nine. Asking for urgent tasks to get done 10 minutes before end of day. No. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Don't be so, that person. <laughs> yeah. So the, the old quote, right? Uh, a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Is, mm. that, is that right? Yes. Um, I live by that. So if you're going to wait until last minute to ask me to do something that is not ur- urgent, right? You're, you're going to have to wait. And we get those requests all the time. We do. Mm-hmm. And look, like a last minute request that is last minute just because something happens. That's one thing. Yeah. But absolutely. something you knew about a week ago that you forgot to let me know about. Um, yeah, I'll get to it. I will do it. But I already have plans for my time. Right. Um, so, Yeah. My favorite are the ones that they, you rally the team and they say, I need this project, this project, and this project done, and I need it done in three days. And then you get it all sent over and you just need final approval. And it's crickets for like three months. (laughs) And you're like, I I wasted all of my time putting this together. I wouldn't say wasted, but I spent a lot of time putting this together and doing this for you. Like at least acknowledgement, something. That, had to, that happened to me just recently. Harrison and I were actually asked to do a presentation, and we didn't have time during the workday. I worked all night on it, all night. And it actually, it came out pretty good. It was never used. Oh, no. And I was really kind of sore about it. Maybe yeah. you'll have to tell me what presentation is. I can integrate it with the clients. We're going to use the materials for other things, okay. but it was not used for its purpose, and it wasn't used at that timeline. Gotcha. Uh, where it had to be done by that morning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a bummer. And people don't think about that stuff. And they say, well, yeah, I need this. You know, I just need this. That's business today. <laughs> Instant gratification. Yes. Yeah, check your own priorities and urgencies. It was a good presentation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple mistake or unforgivable? Unforgivable. I mean, it's disrespectful and unforgivable. Yeah. 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 Your lack of planning does not mean my crisis. Yes. Exactly. Or need to mean my crisis. All right, so now we go to the segment of this podcast, Ask HR, where people can go online and ask HR-related questions to experts. This question comes from user GA underscore middle underscore road, and it's titled Post-Interview Etiquette. It reads, I interviewed via video chat over two weeks ago for a job position. Prior to the interview, the recruiter was very conversational and answered any questions I had about the role within the same day. However, post-interview, it was radio silence. Is this HR protocol? I did reach out a few days ago to follow up, still no response. Am I overthinking or overstepping as a potential job candidate? This appears to be the norm with the past three interviews I've done, and it's beginning to become disheartening. That is disheartening. It is. 
And I, you know, I don't know why a recruiter would not respond back. Because I've seen a lot of stuff on LinkedIn about recruiters also who mm-hmm. are constantly getting kind of lambasted for this behavior, right? But also the sheer number of candidates that they have to respond to is probably not possible, yes. right? But someone that interviewed um, and they're sending a follow-up email to you, you should absolutely reply to it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, it looks like they're not going to move forward with you. I'll, if anything changes, I'll be back in touch. That literally takes less than a minute to send right. that response. Um, so I just think that's disrespectful. And it's also short-sighted because as a recruiter, you your relationships are everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, that's unfortunate. And that's unfortunate. That's her experience. But you hear about that a lot. I think you're right on LinkedIn and nowadays recruiters are getting a lot on the whole lack of follow-up. And when I first read this, you know, being a recruiter myself, (laughs) um, I think sometimes it's either people are just like lacking their emails, they're bombarded, or they're the type of recruiter that will interview everybody and then they will just wait to send the generic, thank you so much for applying, but unfortunately we've decided to move forward with a different candidate once the job's closed and or they I, don't. Or they don't at all. You don't get that. Or in this kind of situation, I kind of think of, um, I had a friend who got into recruiting and at first she was really, really nervous about sending out the, you didn't make it, they didn't like you, you weren't qualified kind of conversations. So she would avoid it. And so maybe in this situation, she knows they don't want to move forward. They didn't like him. And so she's ignoring that until she can send the generic email at the end of closing. And it's like, not that any of that's the right thing, but I feel like... It's just something you see really commonly, unfortunately, nowadays. Going back to her question, do you think that she's overstepping or overthinking? No. No. It's terrible. Gotta know. It's terrible. I mean, you you, want to know where you stand. You want to know if it's not in the realm of possibility. Is there anything else that you could do to, like, kind of get to the next step, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. you want to feel like you have some control on the process, even though maybe your amount of control is limited. That's very unfortunate. Yeah. I also think you shouldn't bombard the recruiter with multiple emails daily of, hey, where am I She's at? She's not saying the daily, status? I know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Of, hey, where am I at on the status or where are you at on the status? Well, that does happen too. And that's someone that you probably shouldn't consider for a position. Right. right? The lack people, of self-control mm-hmm. um, is an indicator of, of other behaviors that might be problematic in the workplace. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but a, a normal amount of follow-up, like we like that. We like when people send us thank you notes afterwards right. or, you know, something that's like more targeted, like they did some research you know i mean it's it's just like anything else it's a relationship right even if it's a brief one right. it is a relationship and it's supposed to go both ways maybe that you've scheduled for an interview that you've corresponded with they deserve even if it is brief someone will will actually appreciate a brief response more than no response at all yes right. i would agree This is going to bring our episode to a close. Thank you all so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any stories about office etiquette or HR questions you would like to share, message us on Instagram at hr.stew. I'm Holly. And I'm Regina, along with Harrison and Shelby. (laughs) And we will see you next time on HR Stew.